Hey everybody, welcome back to Defender of the Realm. I'm your host, Jay, and once again, I'm going to be talking about probably one of my favorite topics, Skyrim. And what I'm going to be doing today is, um, very recently, I'm doing a replay through it on Skyrim Special Edition, and uh, I decided, decided I wanted a little bit of a challenge, so I have been playing through as a pure mage. And I decided, hey, why don't I do an episode on that, on how to build a pure mage. Now, big disclaimer, I'm not saying that this is the perfect build. You absolutely have to do it this way. You know, I'm definitely not saying that at all. But really, you know, this is the way that I've been playing my mage. And, you know, I think through the way that I've been playing it, uh, you know, I've kind of picked up some good tips and tricks. So if you've ever thought about playing the game as a pure mage, here's some advice for me. Again, you could follow what I did, you could absolutely change it around, but let me just be upfront about what I mean here. So when I'm talking a pure mage, uh, I'm almost going back to sort of like the D&D sort of definition of a sorcerer or a mage here, uh, in the sense that playing with no armor whatsoever... Uh, and the only weapons that I'm really have been allowing myself is staves and a dagger. Um, I know in D and D, especially with a lot of the rule updates, yeah, you know, mages can wear light armor. Uh, they could use uh, staves. They could use darts. They could use daggers. They could use light crossbows. I'm really kind of taking this to what my idea of a pure mage is, and that's no armor and real no weapons. And in fact, when I first started playing, uh, the first uh, first hour of gameplay or so, I wasn't using any weapons at all. But then I kind of thought about it, and I figured, I think really at the heart of it, I think that a mage probably would carry a dagger around, and of course being a mage, it would most likely be an enchanted dagger. Um, so let's really, I just really wanted to get that uh, out of the way up front. Second, this is a very challenging way to play. So if you are brand new to Skyrim, if you have never played Skyrim before, you're picking it up for the first time, you're listening to this podcast and saying, wow, I'd really like to play through as a pure mage. I really wouldn't recommend it. This is a very difficult way to play. Uh, even even if you set the difficulty level a little bit easier, it's still pretty challenging, especially in the beginning. Uh, mages really, you know, when you look at it, you know, uh, like in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, games like Dragon's Dogma, um, you know, mages, magic users, spellcasters, whatever you want to call them, they typically start off very weak. But if you level them up, they gain experience, and you have patience, they become some of the most powerful characters, really, in whatever game it is that they're involved in. And, and that's really why I wanted to do this. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Now, Skyrim being what it is, you know, you could really level your characters, uh, you could put your perk points, really, just about anywhere you want, so... Some people would argue that technically the race really doesn't matter. And I, I do kind of agree with that. But again, 
really kind of looking at it from a pure, you know, I want to play as a pure mage kind of uh, perspective. And, you know, having played through Skyrim a couple of times and, and really, you know, played the Elder Scrolls games a few times and really kind of getting lost in and involved in the lore, I sort of figured that, you know, can a Nord be a pure mage? Sure, absolutely. There, There's really nothing to say that they couldn't. An Argonian, a Khajiit, Absolutely. But I think if we really want to stay kind of true to the feel of it, my recommendations would be to either play as a High Elf or an Aldmer uh, or a Brenton. Uh, I'm playing as a Brenton. And the reason I reason I chose a Brenton over an Aldmer, because if you look at an Aldmer, you get all these racial perks. Okay, uh, you get plus 10 to Illusion and then plus 5 to every other school of magic. Uh, you know, Illusion, Restoration, Concert... Uh, Conjuration, destruction, uh, you know, and enchanting. You get plus five bonuses to those. Uh, let's also look at the fact that they also have the racial ability to regenerate magicka faster than any other race. And they start off with plus 50 in magicka as it is. So a lot of people on the surface would say, well, that's your choice right there. I mean, this is a character that is, is best suited for magic. I totally agree. I decided to play as a Brenton, and I'll tell you why for two reasons. The first reason is, like I said, I'm playing on Skyrim Special Edition, so I'm playing with mods. One of the mods that I love and I will also highly recommend later, and I'll tell you why, is the Live Another Life one. Uh, and really what it is, what's nice about the Live Another Life is, is you don't have to do sort of what they call the vanilla opening where... Um, you know, you you see Ulfric Stormcloak about to be executed. Um, Alduin shows up. Uh, the, oh my God! There's dragons in Skyrim and the Dragonborn and blah blah blah. You you know, with the uh, with the live another life, you can eventually discover that quest, uh, unlock all of that, and and continue with the story. Sure, you can, or you don't even have to if you don't want to. Uh, the reason I chose. Um, to, to do uh, a Brenton is, you know, I gave my character a backstory. Now, if you listen to this podcast, and especially if you listen to the last couple episodes, my daughter Diana comes on, uh, you know, she talked about her playthroughs in Oblivion, and she also talked about, very recently, we talked about Stardew Valley. Uh, she loves to give backstories to the characters, you know, like, and she has said, look, in both games, in Oblivion and Stardew Valley, there's there's great story there, you know, absolutely. But to really make it more immersive and more fun for her, and, and I agree with her, she adds to it. So, you know, I kind of said that, you know, I was... Um, I was a mage in High Rock, which is where the Brentons are from, and I decided, you know what, I really want to challenge myself. I want to go to the College of Winterhold. I want to tackle you know, the rough wilderness, you know, the rough environment of Skyrim. That's why I wanted to play as a Brenton. The other reason is, is, you know, Brentons actually have really good racial bonuses too. Uh, they get a plus 10 to Conjuration, plus 5 to Alteration, Restorative, Illusion, Alchemy, and Speech. Great stuff. Um, they also have the Dragon Skin ability which is once a day, you know, you can absorb any magical attack against you for a period of time. Um, they're also very well suited to be mages. Uh, some people would say, well, I think it's better as a battle mage. And again, I don't know, apples and oranges. I, I, I really think, you know, this character can go either way. But I had a nice little backstory for my character. Uh, I actually like the dragon skin ability. And I don't know, to me, it just fit. Um, 
yeah, I get more magical bonuses uh, playing as a high elf, but I think as as my character levels up, it'll all kind of balance out anyway. Uh, some people would argue that dark elves, Dunmer, are pretty good ones too, because uh, they start off with a plus 10 to destruction magic, uh, plus 5 to alchemy, alteration, illusion, and then a few other ones like light armor and sneak. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure, you know, again, like I said, really... When it comes down to it, you could take any one of the uh, of the races and play them as a mage. But I think if you start off with a high elf or with a Brenton, you're kind of giving yourself a leg up. Uh, you know, you're getting some really great perks to start off with. And it's really going to help you out because you really kind of need those boosts in the beginning. All right, so one of the next things uh, I'm going to talk about is what stone should you use? And, you know, if you play Skyrim, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's all the ability stones out there. I mean, to me, this one's a no-brainer. You know, you use the Mage Stone. Um, your magical skills will will increase or improve 20% faster. I mean, you're going to be casting spells like crazy out there. You're going to be using your magical abilities. Why not activate this stone and have your magical abilities just increase that much faster? Kind of looking into it, though, I kind of figured later on in the game, if you're really getting more powerful, you can look at the Atronach Stone, which... Um, Increases your magic by 50. Um, you absorb spells 50% better, but magic regenerates 50% slower. So there's some positives there, and there's kind of a big negative. The Apprentice Stone. Um, the Apprentice Stone is also pretty good because you recover your magic faster. Now, if you're playing as a high elf, you don't really need that stone anyway. Um, but like I said, the Apprentice Stone, you recover magic faster but you're also more vulnerable to Magicka attacks. Now, this one might not be so bad if you're not playing as a High Elf. <coughs> Excuse me. Because if you figure later on in the game, you know, if you've really kind of perked up your, your Mage Armor, um, you've gotten better at Restoration Magic, you know, the fact that you're more vulnerable to Magic attacks, uh, you know, some of those perks kind of might offset that, and you're going to recover Magicka faster. However... If you're also become very good at enchanting, you can enchant items to help recover your magicka faster. So, do you really need it in the end? I would say, you know, I right away, because I knew where it was from other playthroughs, I knew where the Mage Stone was, I activated it right away, I really don't see myself changing this. None of the other stones really are going to help me out in any other way, especially playing as a mage. Look, throughout the game... My magical abilities are just going to improve 20% faster. So why not? That's a bulk of what I'm going to be doing in the game. So my magical abilities are going to level up quicker. And overall, I'm going to level up quicker, which means I can throw perks into my magic trees much, much faster. So no-brainer. Okay, another thing you definitely want to do before we kind of discuss perk trees and, and which magic to use and things like that. Go to the College of Winterhold. Um, this is really, again, I would think to me, this is really a no brainer. Uh, again, if you play like I do and you like to give your character a backstory and you're going to be playing as a pure mage, why would you not go there? It, it really makes sense. You know, it, it fits in with your character. So head to the college of Winterhold. And again, if you're playing on special edition or you're playing on PC and you have the mods, I can't stress this enough live another life because what happens in the live another life mod is you know you don't start off the same way 
the game where you kind of wake up and you're uh, in a cart. You're going to be taken to your execution. You, you guys know the story. Um, with the Live Another Life, your character is pretty much... You wake up, you're, um, you're in a prison cell, and there's a Daedric altar there, a Daedric shrine there, that tells you, you know, look, you could start your life over. What would you like to do? And they give you multiple choices. And one of the choices that is available is... Um, you know, I'm a new member of a guild. And if you select that one, it'll say, okay, great, which guild? Thieves Guild, the Dark Brotherhood. Well, there's a College of Winterhold there. That's what I did. That's how I played it. If you're going to play as a pure mage, this is probably your best option because you arrive at the College of Winterhold. You don't have to pass the, pass the initiation test, which is really easy anyway. It's not that big of a deal. But here's the thing. You are starting off the game in mage, robe, in mage robes already. If you do the generic opening or you choose to live in another life and you choose a different opening, who knows what you're going to start with. You're going to have to either purchase or find mage robes. Granted, once you do get to the College of Winterhold, they do give you a set of college robes, which really are not that bad to start off with. But I'm already starting off with them. I'm a mage. I'm coming from High Rock. I'm already dressed to fit the part. I don't have to look for anything. Here's the other thing. Expert level trainers. By joining the College of Winterhold, you have access to expert level trainers in every single school of magic. Yeah, it's going to cost you some gold, but you are going to level up, you know, these schools of magic so much faster. They're expert trainers. Um, you're going to have access to some pretty good enchanted weapons. Uh, potions, spell books, spell tomes, scrolls, really the stuff that you're really going to need. It's all right there. Plus, you got a bed. Okay? Free room and board. Um, especially if you're playing with mods and you're doing like um, Frostfall, Campfire, things like that, where you do need to eat, drink, sleep, recover. You know, you, you don't have to worry about it now. You're out somewhere. You need to rest. Just fast travel back to Winter uh, College of Winterhold. Your room's waiting for you. You can warm up. You can dry off. You can get some sleep. And you do it for free. Uh, I think probably one of the best reasons why you should join the College of Winterhold and do its quests is because at the end, you can end up the Archmage of the College and have access to the Archmage robes, which, if you don't know, uh, reduce your spell cost by 15%, add 50 points of Magicka, and your magic regenerates 100% faster. So again, kind of going back to the whole idea of which stone should you play with, why would you want to actually use the Apprentice Stone? Because if you have the Archmage robes, your magic is regenerating so much quicker, there's really no need to do that. But, I mean, again... You're playing as a mage. It's a college for mages. It's the best place to go. And, you know, you could start the quests right away. Yeah, they're a little difficult, but you make your way through it and you get the Archmage robes, you're going to kind of be set. Now, one thing I didn't know is the Archmage robes, while well, I said they're really, really good because, uh, you know, spell, uh, the co uh, spell cost overall, doesn't matter which ones you use, reduced by 15%, you get that boost of Magicka, and you regenerate 100% faster. 
if you actually find master level robes of whichever branch of magic, um, let's just say destruction. Um, destruction spells, I think, cost 25... No, this is master robes. Destruction spells will cost 25% less, and your magicka will regenerate 125% faster. So, if you're really going to specialize in a branch of magic, that's something to consider, but Archmage robes, I think that's a great set of robes to have kind of going forward. All right, so let's talk about perks. Uh, actually, before I get into perks, every time, of course, as you know, when you level up, you have to put a skill point into either Magicka, Health, or Stamina. So some people would say, well, what's the best way to do that? First of all, <laughs> there is going to be no reason for you to throw any points into Stamina don't even worry about it. Now, I've read and I've looked at different types of mage builds, and I'm talking pure mage builds that, you know, will have different sort of formulas and everything. Here's the formula that I like to use. Um, let's say, you know, it, let's say for every time, every 10 times that I level up, nine times I'm throwing my skill point into Magicka, and that 10th time, I will put it into health. Uh, it could be very tempting in the beginning to sort of say, well, look, I'm not wearing armor. And, you know, even if I use Conjuration Magic to, to sort of increase my armor rating, you know, I'm really going to take a beating here. I really should put it in health. I would really resist that temptation. I understand it, but you should really resist the temptation. Uh, what you want to do is in the beginning... Don't go on impossible quests. You know, don't go challenging giants. You're going to get squashed. Um, I'll talk about some other tips and tricks a little bit later on on how to kind of keep yourself healthy. But really, really, really resist the urge. You are going to be conjuring spells or casting spells, I should say, because conjuration is a form of magic. You're going to be casting spells like crazy. You need a big pool of magicka. Pump those points into magicka. But like I said... Every so often, do drop one in health because you do need it. I, I do understand that. But Magicka is your bread and butter. You really want to fill, fill that pool up. Okay, so perk trees. It can be very, very tempting to just kind of just drop your perk points willy-nilly. Really try to be great at everything. Um, you really want to be a powerful mage. You're going to look at all the different schools of magic. You're going to look at those trees, and you really want to fill up those trees with perk points. Look, you're not going to wear armor, so there's absolutely no reason to put perk points into light or heavy armor. Um, you want to put it in lockpicking? Yeah, sure, you can. But, you know, there's potions that could help you out with that. You know, there's things that could help you out with that. You can enchant items to improve your lockpicking ability. Um you really want to focus on the schools of magic. Now, as I said, there's five schools of magic. You know, there's destruction magic, conjuration magic, alteration magic, illusion, uh, restorative magic. There's also alchemy and enchanting. Here's the way I'm playing it, and here's my really big recommendation. Focus on destruction, conjuration, and alteration. And I'll tell you why. Destruction, I think this is a no-brainer. This is your bread and butter offensively. These are the spells you're probably going to be casting the most. You know, ice, uh, frost spells, fire spells, spark spells. These are what you're going to be using on offense. Uh, you really want to focus on this. And here's the great thing. Right away, you know, 
you can increase the novice perk which of course as you know will help reduce um, the spell cost for destructive spells and also raise their effectiveness as soon as you unlock that you know the dual conjuring perk will open up and you definitely want to get that uh, you definitely want to dual wield destructive spells and really in the schools of magic that I'm going to talk about dual wielding you can unlock it very early on and it's really like it's a no-brainer this is something you need to do it's just really going to help the effectiveness of your spells especially in this school destruction magic kind of looking up and down the perk tree i think you really want to try to you know increase your level on the perk tree from novice all the way up to master some other great perks that you should really look into uh, again dual casting then what I would do is I would kind of look at some of the branches of this perk tree, ha ha ha, uh, and focus on maybe one or two of sort of the elements, you know, either fire, frost, or shock, and kind of work your way up that perk tree to really sort of inc increase those spells. Uh, right now, I'm kind of working my way up the fire tree just to really, because that's really the bulk of, of the spells that I use. But of course, look, there's creatures and people out there that are resistant to fire so i'm going to build up a second one most likely the frost one just because when i play i have a very hard time controlling my shock spells they're all over the place i feel i burn a lot of magicka before i actually hit somebody i have a lot better control with fire and frost spells so i'm really going to look to sort of bump those two up excuse me one second <coughs> thank you um, so really, you know, you want to look to improve some other perks on this perk tree for destruction magic, go for it. But let's move on to the next one, and that's conjuration. Now, why is this really, really important? Some people will say, you know, how important is conjuration? I feel it's very important. Why? Summoning. Okay. Conjure familiar, conjure different types of elemental atronox. Very, very important. Um... Conjuring, you know, conjuring Atronox or familiars, it's almost like getting sort of like a free companion there. Uh, you're going into a dungeon, you have multiple enemies in front of you, summon something, conjure something. Because here's the thing once you do that, you conjure a fire, fire Atronox. Now the, sh the 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 focus of your enemies is actually going to shift towards that one. It's it's actually going to be cannon fodder for you, and it's also going to add in you know that uh, additional sort of firepower that you're going to need because again, you know especially early on in the game, you're not wearing any armor. Your armor rating is very very low. You need all the help you can get. So you know I kind of said what are some tips and tricks that you could use in the game, especially early on you know, when your health is low and your armor rating is low, here you go. Conjuring Atronox, Conjuring Familiars. Um, it shifts the focus of the attack off of you. Um, it gives you added firepower. You could actually, you know, conjure a fire Atronox and kind of retreat back a bit and kind of let them weed through weaker enemies, absorb a lot of the blows, um, you know, while you kind of wait, rest, recover, then you can jump into the fray. That being said, you know, early on in the game, health is low, armor rating is low. Get companions. I mean, it's really easy to find companions in Skyrim. Um, you know, if you go to Whiterun, there's a couple of companions there. Uh, Riverwood, right outside of it, there's a couple of companions right there that you can find. Companions are great because, again... 
it gives enemies someone else to attack and they return fire and they can be very very effective also it's really great too if you're going through a dungeon and you're just looting stuff left and right and you start to get weighed down well could pass it on off to your companion you can't really do that with an atronach or anything because they will disappear after some time but it's another great little tip or trick you know don't go into these dungeons all by yourself thinking you're real badass and you can handle it get companions all right conjuration why else is this really important um bound weapons i mean this I think is really this I think is really really good and I really really feel that it comes in handy. Yeah, I talked about a pure mage not really carrying weapons around or maybe carrying a staff which you really should do. Carry those staffs. They are great backups and and you know if you run out of magicka and you still have enemies around you, you need to do some kind of offense. Bound weapons are actually really really good. I do like using them, uh, especially if I'm in a situation where I can't really run around and cast spells, I can't sort of retreat. If it's a close quarter situation, hey, bound sword, I'm ready to go. Um, they actually cut down enemies pretty quick, and there are some good perks on the Conjuration Perk Tree that can really help you out with that. So let's talk about that for a minute. Conjuration Perk Tree, again... I would really try to level yourself up from novice all the way up to master. Uh, unlock that dual casting right away. Because what's great about that is if you dual cast some of these spells, uh, you know, especially some of your summoning spells, um, you know, summoning or, you know, summoning Atronox, um, it's just going to make the spells last longer, which you really want. You know, you want those Atronox around a lot longer. Um, you want your bound weapons in hand a lot longer. So definitely unlock the dual cast. Uh, another good perk to unlock is Elemental Potency because it'll improve the power of the Atronox that you do summon. Um, Mystic Binding. If you're going to be using... Um, bound weapons, you know, or you're going to conjure weapons, Mystic Binding is a great one because it increases uh, their effectiveness. Um, <sighs> Atromancy, that's another good perk to unlock, just because it'll also help to increase the duration of the Atronach. So if you figure, if you if you unlock that perk and you have dual casting, your Atronachs are going to be around for a while and they're going to be very, very powerful. As long as you unlock elemental potency, don't forget that. Alteration magic. This one also, too, I think is a no-brainer. This is your mage armor. You're not wearing any armor. You need to boost your armor rating. This is the way to do it. I mean, spells that go from oak flesh all the way up to dragon hide that increase your... Um, Armor rating. I mean, these are the these these probably next to destruction magic. These are going to be your, also your bread and butter spells. So I would definitely hit that destruction perk tree early on. I would probably also hit the alteration perk tree very early on as well, and really start to level this stuff up. Of course, you want to try to go from novice all the way up to master. You do want to dual cast as well, just to make your spells more effective. The mage armor perk hit that one often and as you level up your alteration magic just keep improving it up i think there's three levels that you can improve it up i actually looked this up so if you're wearing no armor of any kind um you've hit all three points on the mage armor perk tree and you cast the spell ebony flesh your armor rating is 300 i mean that's great you have an armor rating of 300 but your carry weight 
is like nothing because you're not lugging around heavy, heavy armor. Do it. Level up this tree again as quickly as you can. I would probably, like I said, early in the game, you really want to hit destruction and alteration. You want to hit those perk trees and you really want to start leveling them up as soon as you can. You also want to increase your levels in those schools of magic because... Like I said, uh, the Mage Armor perk, uh, I think it's like you could put in a perk point, I think it's at I think it's at level 25, level 50, and then I believe either level 75 or 100, I'm not really sure. Um, so you really want to be ca- um, casting alteration spells, which to me you're going to be doing, because the second you enter, enter battle, Oak Flesh, Stone Flesh you know, Ebony Flesh, whichever spell you're going to use, you're going to be casting it right off the bat. So you're going to constantly uh, cast these spells. You're going to be raising the level. So you really want to hit this perk tree and you really want to get as much out of it as you can. Um, The stability perk, I think that's the other one too that you really need to hit just because it's going to increase the duration of the effectiveness of your spell. Um, Because that's one of the things people say is, well, yeah, Mage Armor is really, really good. You know, Oak Flesh, Stone Flesh, Ebony Flesh, these are great spells, but they only last a certain amount of time. And if I'm in an extended battle, what do I do? Okay, like I said, there's some trip that I could speak today. There's some tips and tricks you could do, companions, you know, conjuring familiars or atronachs to kind of take the heat off of you to let you retreat and cast the spell again. But that stability perk on the perk tree, you definitely want to hit that to help extend out the life of this spell. And don't forget too, with the um, with the perks on this perk tree, they're only really effective if you're absolutely not wearing any armor. I mean, I can wear armor and cast stone flesh. It will help increase my armor rating, but I'll get a much better increase if I'm not wearing any armor at all. Like I said, the mage armor perk, you hit all three points on it and you cast something like uh, ebony flesh, your armor rating is 300. That is incredibly high. So you want to play as a pure mage. This one to me is a no brainer go out, cast these spells, increase your level, learn higher level spells, throw your perk points into this tree, throw it into the destruction magic tree, definitely do conjuration. Now, what about some of the other schools of magic? Somebody will say, well, what about restoration? Yeah, you could do that, but think about it. If I'm leveling up my mage armor, Okay, or I should say my alteration magic tree. If I'm leveling that one up, my armor is getting better and better and better. I'm better and better protected. How much am I really going to have to heal myself, especially later on in the game? Potions are great, you know, to help uh, kind of cat recapture the health that I lost. Um, but if my armor if my armor rating goes higher and higher and higher and I take less and less and less damage, do I really need to be that skilled at restoration magic? You know, hit that perk tree a little bit. You know, work your way up, you know, novice, apprentice, things like that to reduce the cost of the spells. But really, I wouldn't focus on it too much. Illusion magic. Now, here's the thing. Some people will say, well, look, illusion magic is just as effective as some of the other schools of magic. Uh, Yes, on offense, I'm going to be using destruction spells. 
I could also use illusion spells. I could use illusion spells to scare away opponents or to cause fury in opponents and have them fight among themselves. Then it's going to reduce the damage that I take. I could sit back. I could cast spells from a distance and be much safer. Yeah, you could do that. I'm not really choosing to play that way. Again, you know, it's a good perk tree to sort of look into. Since I'm not really looking into it myself for my mage character, I don't really know much about it. I wouldn't know which perks that you should level up, so that's something you would need to look at. But I feel if you're really going to play as a pure mage, destruction, alteration, conjuration, magic, you should really be putting a vast majority of your perk points there as you level up. Now, what about enchanting? I think that enchanting should be used. Now, I didn't really research too much into the enchanting uh, perk tree. I haven't really begun to do that um, in the gameplay that I'm going through right now, but I think it's really going to be effective because, you know, enchanting is really, really important because especially before you get some of these sort of higher level robes and staves and circlets and rings and necklaces with enchanted abilities on them, you kind of want to be able to do it yourself because finding some of these items, it might be few and far between. They are very expensive to purchase. So being able to enchant items to uh, add magicka to yourself, to uh, reduce spell costs, to improve... Um, regaining your magicka you know these are great things to do so you do want to look into enchanting like i said right now i'm focusing on the other three perk trees i haven't really thrown any points there yet i probably you know once i feel that my mage is pretty comfortable my armor you know my armor rating is going to be good my destruction level is going to be good uh yeah then maybe i'll start looking into enchanting but you know just what I really want to say is don't overlook it. Maybe kind of look to throw perk points in there later on in the game once your mage gets more powerful, but enchanting is actually a pretty important school of magic, so just just don't overlook it. That's really what I want to say. All right, well, I think that's going to bring me to the end of this discussion on building a pure mage for Skyrim. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed it, and I would really love your feedback, so don't forget that Anchor has that call-in feature. So call in and tell me what you thought of it. Uh, tell me if you want to hear me do more builds because I have built some other characters. I have built thieves. I have built assassins. I have done battle mages. And if you would like to hear my take on some of these builds and how I did it, I would really love to do it. So use that call-in feature. Or if you're listening on iTunes, rate and review. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. Positive feedback I love to hear, but honest feedback. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know what you think. Of course... The more ratings I get, the higher up I appear in iTunes, the more people will listen to me, etc., etc., etc. So please rate and review. Look for me on Instagram, Defender of the Realm 97. I like to put up pictures of the stuff that I talk about. You could also send me messages there. Let me know what you think of the show. Give me suggestions. This is Jay, and good gaming to you. <laughs>